<laughs> Anime Midwest. It's Angela's. <laughs> I'll have you know. I said, do you have an extra lanyard? My bottle needs a leash. Why does your bottle need a leash? Just carry it like a a person. How dare you? Let me tell you, actually, I think you're, I don't think you're wrong. And I think maybe I'm wrong because today I, I carry, I carry a bottle of water to work every day. I carry a water bottle. It's got one of those like coffee lids on it though. Yeah. So it's like open, loose. But it holds ice really well. So I put ice in it in the morning, no water. And I just take a bottle of ice to work. And then I fill it up with water at work. We don't have ice at work, but we do have water. Smart plan. So I fill it up. And I have my my bottle with my ice. And it's in my purse on the whole way to the train. But ice doesn't come out of it because it's ice. So it doesn't, can't fall out of the hole. It's not going to get anything wet. But today, at the end of the day at work, I thought I dumped all my water out of my container but apparently I had not. And I put it into my, into my purse and I walked out the door and I got all the way into Ken's car and I sat down and I was driving along. And then he was like, grab me something from your purse. And I was like, yes. And I stick my hand in my purse and there's so much water (laughs) in the bottom of my purse. Like just like a pond. (laughs) Cause it's like leather. So it Uh held it in there. It's it's not real leather. It's it was it's a seventeen dollar purse from TJ Maxx. A much uh, soggier seventeen dollar purse from yeah, TJ Maxx. Yeah, I'm gonna need a new seventeen dollar purse from TJ Maxx. That's actually exactly why I have a new bag today for the same reason. So I leaked it because <laughs> she leaks. We learned from our mistakes. Now I need to buy a water bottle that has a leash. Well, I just, you know, leashed it with my roommate's anime Midwest lanyard. I think you should have texted me when you solved, when this problem happened to you, so you could have warned me. Before warning. It was an omen. I had no way of knowing. <laughs> How could I have I was going to spill my water all over the place. I did not know. Can you believe? So... I know everyone thinks that I got murdered because no. my pod mates murdered me and tried to cover it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Welcome back, Lydia. We, uh, See, we, she's, she's not dead. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I did get a promotion. Um, that was true. And uh, the whole thing's true, and I'm not dead. See? Uh, womp womp. Can I say that joke again? Yes. I didn't hear You're not it. dead because we buried you in the cane pit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys let me back out. There was like a hole for drainage. Wait. <laughs> me in a box. It's not. No. <laughs> I didn't realize you were reference. I didn't realize what the reference was until later. It was Sabrina. We got there. Welcome to Candy Believe This. Nope. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I'm not doing this. Yeah, do it. Do Lydia, it. welcome back. It's your introduction. Oh, do it. Hi, welcome to <laughs> This Is Our Podcast, and it's Can You Believe This Shit? Can You Believe This Shit no. is our podcast. Can you? No, me neither. Well, it's a podcast where we tell stories, tell topics, teach you about unbelievable shit, and then it's up to you to decide if can you believe this shit or not. Who knows? We tell stories about true crime. We tell stories about monsters, sort of, maybe. We tell stories about paranormal activity, ghosts, cryptids. I said murder already. 
all sorts of crazy shit. That they murder you can't again believe. just to like drill it in. Murder again. Please get that point across. There's like a lot they of have to there's, know. there's there's a lot of stories about people getting murdered and it's unbelievable, but it happens every day, and so we've got a lot of those stories to tell. That's a thing. Wow, um, you're a professional. Am I? Mm-hmm. Oh, that promotion's going to your head. I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> Congratulations, anyway, by the way. So, what a perfect opportunity to introduce Dominic. Hi, this is Dominic. I'm a bitch. We also have Zoe. Hi, Zoe's here. Zoe's here. We have Sam. Hello. Sam is our Sam man um, who works the Dominic's computer. Dominic's a bitch. Zoe's here. <laughs> <laughs> Sam is a Sam man. Who works the computer? And Andre isn't here. <laughs> and I'm Lydia. No, because I am here. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything faster. <laughs> so, like, projects and decorating. <laughs> Do I, though? Well, you have them. <laughs> That's true. And my name's Lydia, and I just introduced us, so you know enough about me already. Um, <laughs> Who's going first? Let's get into it. We have it. stories to tell. We have stories to tell. So the order today is, Lydia, you've been gone a while, and I gotta make you go first. Yay. A cute little reintroduction. Yay. Good. Dominic, you have to go next. Sure. Because, because. Sure. And so you're Dominic finishing can't. it up. And <laughs> I'll finish. <laughs> Yeah. Me. I mean, Dominic can end, but in this particular <laughs> scene, <laughs> I can end, you yeah. know. Uh, okay. They can, just they can't today. <laughs> well, all right. Sounds so there good. it is. All right. Welcome. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? This is my Halloween story because I wasn't able to be here for Halloween. I'm still bringing my Halloween story because I like it and it's good. That's sexy and hot. And it's sexy and it's hot. Not particularly either of those things, but I'm telling you a story and I, you know what? I'm just going to tell you what the title is and I'm doing the Amityville horror. <gasps> what happened to the Lutz family when they moved into the Amityville house? Are you sure you didn't do this already? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I checked. Okay. That's fine. I believe you. <laughs> Also, I made a spreadsheet. No, I know that that happened, and like I trust both of your abilities to like not do it's that. Because I thought the same thing. Yeah. When I, first, I, I was like, t- I think we talked vaguely about doing it all together for the Halloween episode, and then fully forgot about it. Well, well, I'm doing it, it now. No, no we, maybe we didn't forget about it. Maybe we re- we remembered Mothman. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Hashtag remember Mothman. Always remember, never forget. <laughs> Always remember, never forget. All right. Anyway, so I'm doing the Amityville House. It's 1975, and the Lutz family, they buy this house. It sells super cheap because there was moitas in it. The About literally 13 months before they moved in, which is just a weird little thing. Uh, a witch's year. Yeah. I just made that up. 13 months is a witch's year. Like a baker's dozen? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Let's... Canon. Perfect. I love it. Anyway, where the DeFeo family was murdered by their eldest son, Ronnie, by shotgun. Sure. And so the Lutzes move in, George Lutz and his wife, Kathy, and their three kids. Um, well, really, actually, they're Kathy's kids. George Lutz is the stepfather to her three kids. Did he adopt them? Or was he just like stepped uh, the idiot? I don't think he officially adopted them. 
I or wait, maybe he did. Fuck, now I can't remember. Where did Dad go? I don't know. I got a lot of my information from this really good documentary. Have you ever seen my Amityville Horror? No. No. The eldest son, Danny, like tells his story basically, Mm. and he's like fifty and needs money. Well, Well. he's really defensive. He's been telling his story for like a minute now, but like I don't know, he didn't want to and then now he is and then he did and i got a lot of my information from that Um, it's a good documentary though i recommend you watch it anyway so there's danny the oldest his little brother chris and then their little sister missy they move into this house and shit goes fucking i mean shit starts happening literally as they're moving in it's moving day they're moving in and they have a priest come over to bless they know about the murder yeah cool Mm mm-hmm they like actually did like their research, cool. you know, like cool. he shot his entire family while they were sleeping with a shotgun at 3.15 a.m. He like hid the shotgun shells and shit underneath his bed. And like, I don't know, there's a bunch of different versions of what happened. Yeah. But, like I didn't really get into the murders as much as I was interested in the ghostesses. Sure. sure. He claimed that later that it was because of ghost possession that he did it and that he doesn't remember it Um, ghost possession or demon possession well i don't know if he said specifically one or the other it's probably Probably demon maybe he said spirits you know and then you can take that however you want to take it but anyway so they're moving in and uh they have a priest come over to bless the house which isn't necessarily indicative of like oh we're doing it because of the murder i think that's a thing people do is it i think so i don't know i don't know much about people buying houses in the 70s oh but like i think that was like a normal thing at least in the documentary like they were like that's what they mentioned they're like that wasn't necessarily outwardly okay so like, they didn't make it seem that weird yeah. in the documentary but it feels weird now. well Maybe it was weird. I don't know. But uh, they have a... And so he goes upstairs to the room that they call the playroom later. And he just runs out of the house. He doesn't talk to them about what happens. He just, like, goes upstairs to the playroom and then immediately leaves. The eldest son was, like, unloading boxes. And when when the priest just, like, really rapidly walks out of the house 20 minutes after he walks in and, like, gets into his car and leaves Uh, and... Goodbye, yeah, he's like, just, just uh. like uh, bye, and doesn't even talk to them. And so he's like, "Mom, why, why did Father, whatever his name is, leave?" And she's like, "Um, I don't know. We'll, but we'll see him on Sunday." Father, what's his nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Father, who's it? What's his name over the heel over there? They're in New York, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Father, wise guy. <laughs> anyway, so. She's like, put that box upstairs. So he goes upstairs and to the playroom where the priest was just at and finds it filled with like a horde of flies. There's like hmm. just uh, filled with flies. The entire room. Hundreds of flies. Yeah. The Contained. Whole room. Just like just in the room. Mm-hmm. Was the door open? Um, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> with the lights on. I'm sorry. Were the windows open or closed? What kind of doorknob did the door have? What was the temperature in the room? <laughs> Sorry, I want more detail. <laughs> well, it's mid-December. <laughs> it's winter. So they moved mid-December. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they did. They moved like de- like December tenth or some shit. Did you just make that up. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> 
But yes, they did move in the winter okay. and there were flies. Okay. Anyway, so Danny says. And so Danny gets a rolled up newspaper and he like kills them all. The whole horde? Well, he spends like an hour killing as many as he can, which was like most of them. He got them all, um, you know. Recently, maybe about two to three months ago, there were three flies in my room and I had a full-blown panic attack. Well, like, I feel like the the more there are, the easier it is to kill more at once because they're, like, getting (sighs) each other's way. It's like an anime rule. Oh, it fully collapsed. (laughs) Like, you have, like, a horde of people that you're trying to kill and it's like, ooh, this is so easy, I'm killing all of them. (laughs) And then when the boss shows up, it's like, oh my god, this is so hard. Well, it wasn't like that. (laughs) The the, the boss fly. (laughs) The boss. There was just like a couple hundred flies and he killed them. Oh my god, I would fully collapse into the floor and like (laughs) panic attack collapse. Oh my god. Pass out. I cannot do that. See, like I'm not that scared of flies because Micah is a fucking fly assassin. Really? Yes. You love it. He's like, oh my god, because flies are really noisy when they like buzz, you know? When they fly, they're like a buzz. Micah's like Oh, I'm going to kill you right now. I don't want to listen to that. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's his motivation, but it doesn't buzz for long. Kill bugs. Yeah. Yeah, Just a vicious kitty. Bandit, the raccoon, used to kill spiders, but he would pull all of the legs off of the spider and leave them in a neat pile. Gross. And then leave the body right next to it. (laughs) That's the most fucked up thing. Bandit was a sociopath. Yeah. So he goes downstairs to be like, Mom, there were a bunch of flies, but I killed them. Come and see what I hath wrought. And <laughs> um, she goes upstairs and with him and all the, there's no flies, no dead flies, no newspaper, no flies, nothing. But like later on, the flies would be back alive. Like it actually became a Why doesn't anyone thing. ever check themselves into some sort of a mental institution when this starts happening? Like it's I- 1975. Even more so, I would think, right? I don't know. Okay, I guess. I don't know what Kathy and George were thinking. I just don't know. So another thing they noticed almost immediately is was the house's strange energy like was affecting the men and women differently. The men felt increasingly more aggressive and confrontational and just angry in general. And by men, I mean the stepfather and the 10-year-old and the, um, I don't know exactly how old, the younger boy is. They were like, there's not a lot of detail because like when they, after they came forward, they wanted to keep their kids out of it. Mm-hmm. So like, I was actually surprised to get their names. I wonder if those are actually their names or if they're names that were like given to them by the first press who covered it. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's how it was on like Google and Wikipedia. Yeah. So maybe. Anyway, but so, uh, yeah, the boys and the dad were super angry and just hostile in general. And the women, or just the mom and her daughter, Missy, felt extra, like, contented and docile and, like, at peace and just, like, comfortable and happy good vibes for some reason. Almost trance-like at some times. But, so, the stepfather, George, had never had kids before, and he'd come from a... Did you say, I'm sorry, did you say trance-like? Trance. Trans. Okay. What did you think? Like, very trans like. And I was like, uh, what? No, trans. <laughs> like the music genre. Gotcha. Only like a trance. I'm in a trance. Anyway, um, 
He'd never had kids before and came from a military background. That coupled with the fact that they were living in like a toxic masculinity amplifier caused him and the two sons to constantly like be at conflict. He was really strict. His parenting style was really strict and like just aggressive and just being a yucky. man of the seventies and like this, it just was getting worse with and like today. the negative energy, of the house, it was like feeding into the house and the house, like just got kept things getting worse exponentially. Anyway. So George, the stepfather had a unique experience in the house. Only he could never get warm while in the house. Huh. Uh, as a result, he kept the place like tight as a drum, like with all the like windows closed all the time and like towels under doors and shit to like, uh, like in his room to make sure there was no cross breeze and like, yeah. And like fires going all the time and the furnace going all the time. And it was just like chokingly hot for everyone else. But like when you got, yeah, well, when you got even five feet around him, you were cold too. Hmm. Like you could feel the difference. It was like a cold spot. You know how there's like cold spots, but it followed him around fucked up mm-hmm. and there'd be other random cold spots and places in the house but like just there was just like the biggest one was always Constant, on him yeah yeah so every night at 3 15 a.m which was the same time that ronnie defeo shotgunned his entire family while they were sleeping oh. george lutz would wake up to a loud noise sometimes it would be like a door slamming sometimes it would be a gunshot oh. maybe like uh sometimes music uh sometimes even just like screams um huh. Not only that, but it would also, he wouldn't always wake up in his bed, which I find personally unsettling, but That's like, so upsetting. he could wake up outside or in the basement or, you know, like just standing over his bed, like, you know, just fucking weird shit. Not good news. No, no, thank you. Kathy had recurring dreams where she would witness the DeFeo murders from Ronnie's perspective. Oh. Um, so she would wow. like, and she, she would like watch the murders go down. She would picture shooting the DeFeo family. Like, like, yeah, she would dream about committing the acts that he wow. committed and she could give like an account that like wasn't released to the media and like of like the order huh. of who died when and, oh. and details. Shit. Mm-hmm. details. Every night when the kids went to sleep, they would always like fall into the same sleeping position of the children who were murdered in their beds, like what, like the way their bodies were found. Just no matter how they went to sleep, they woke up in that position. Which was face down, right? Well, it was different because they were all asleep. So some were face down, some were like curled on their sides. Oh. I don't like that at all. That's really upsetting to me. It's not cute. Uh, this is worse. The family dog was always trying to hang himself. I don't understand that. That does not make sense to me, even at all. <laughs> like, dogs don't have thumbs. Like, what is he trying to hang himself he would, he on? Would, he, was be cha- he didn't like being in the house, so they chained him up outside. He would run as fast as he could and just, like, run at the end of his chain um, to, like, like, choke himself or break free. Oh, he, he was started, just trying to get out. Well, he started trying to, like, jump over the fence and get the chain hooked so he would strangle it like like and he would hang he was just trying to get out he wasn't trying to <laughs> See, kill you himself say he's trying to hang himself like i picture a bunch of like wacky scenarios where the dog's <laughs> like running around the house like 
faster than a noose and the family's got to be like fine oh no fine allow me to rephrase the dog was trying to get away so terribly that it would kill itself try to okay that's fucked up like that's kind of worse actually this is also told from the perspective of the 10 year old boy who witnessed it and had to pull his dog like down and off oh my god that's horrifying (laughs) i'm sorry a dog so scared is trying to get out is (laughs) Worse than a comically suicidal dog. It's <laughs> trying to like jump off a banister on its yeah. hind legs. Is that ever comical though? Like, <laughs> just wacky scenarios, but it's like traumatizing because it's top three dog from being suicide. This house was really nice. There's a lot of like it was big. There was a lot of bedrooms and stuff. There was like a really good ocean view and also a boathouse on the property. I love a good boathouse. Um, which is great. You know, before you move in, but then after you move in, the big like garage-like door on the side of the boathouse just opens and closes and slams <laughs> itself open and closed, just like repeatedly. Um, and the entire family would witness this happening, and they had to fight with it to close it, and uh, just on like a regular basis. Take the door off. Yeah, well, I guess well, that didn't occur to them. <laughs> well, you need it shut. You have your boat in there. Did they own a boat? I don't think they did own a boat. Did they use it for storage? I don't know that. Well, if they didn't, they should have just taken the door off. <laughs> Sam was right. It's open in the back anyway, if it's a boathouse. Fair. I mean, I, I, I wasn't them. <laughs> this is your fault. Lydia, why didn't they just take the fucking door off? I don't know. Maybe they thought it was fun and they were pulling everyone's leg. Ha ha ha. Yeah. I feel that. But who knows? Maybe they wanted to. Maybe they didn't couldn't believe what was happening, so they were just like, "I'll just leave they it." They couldn't believe this shit. Yeah, maybe they couldn't believe this shit. <laughs> you don't know. Anyway, so one night while this was happening, Danny and George were outside struggling to close the door, and <laughs> so something caught caught their attention from up near the house's direction. So they turn to look and they both see into the younger sister, Missy's bedroom. And in the window, they saw what they described as a smiling devil pig. Oh, it looked almost cartoon. Like it had big wolf like, like teeth and laser red eyes. Could it have been a picture of a, Nope. That's not okay. okay. No, it was a devil pig. It's a cartoon devil pig. It, I mean, it sort of looked cartoony, but it was a devil pig. And it was looking out the window and had a, it was smiling at him with its wolf teeth and its red laser eyes. I love pigs. Right? That is not okay, though. No. No, could you even imagine? No. But now imagine you come home and you look in your window and you see like devil a cute pig. little pig. Like, what? hey, come hang out with me. Let's and you're be like, friends. What? It's not a devil pig. Just a regular pig. Yeah. I love so nice. that. Um, but no. So they run inside <laughs> immediately because they're like, oh my God, Missy's in there. We got to protect her. And they run in and there's nothing in there. No sign of the devil pig. No sign of Missy either. She's not in there either. Sure. But her rocking chair was rocking back and forth pretty, pretty <gasps> oh, aggressively. Oh, fuck no. Um, so they couldn't figure out why it was rocking. They couldn't find her. She wasn't under the bed. They, you know, leave her room to look for her. They check back like 20 minutes later. She's still not in there, but the rocking horse is uh, rocking horse. Rocking chair. chair is rocking at the same speed. Missy, it's being missing. She developed a new imaginary friend, like almost right away, moving in, and 
the friend's name was Jody, which was the name of one of the younger sisters that Ronnie shot. <gasps> Fucked up. Um, and those names of those children were not like released to the press because they were under 18. Chilling. Um, yeah. So they're just And like the only dead. reason they knew it was the same name was because like after. <laughs> what did you say? I didn't hear. I just heard. Yeah. They're just like dead. <laughs> <laughs> the kids I mean, are they... dead. You don't get to know their names. Yeah. They were just dead. You know? They're like six dead kids. They couldn't name them. Five dead kids. Fuck. <laughs> Wait, no. I meant for that to be like an over exaggeration. Four dead kids and two dead parents. Oh. Okay, so I, I got all, the number six from somewhere. You heart. did. There were six victims. Anyway, so she developed an imaginary friend who she na- who she was calling Jody. That was the same name of Ronnie's sister, like I said, and. Missy was actually sleeping in the same room that Jody died in. Damn. Uh-huh. Every time Missy was in the room, she would just pick up singing this unfamiliar lullaby. Gross. Um, and did it all the time when she was in the room. But when she would leave the room, she would stop singing and she wouldn't sing because she just, like, wasn't... she it, Singing wasn't a regular thing for her. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like, a thing she did. So she didn't do it outside the room, but whenever she was in there, she would always pick up wherever she had stopped. You could lose um, yourself when the music you want. And then cut it off. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Goes back in. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Anyway, so they also regularly started to see an apparition, like, hanging around her whenever they, like, glanced her indirectly in some way. Like, if they saw her through a window, they would see something standing behind her. Ooh. Or if they just, like, caught a reflection of her in a mirror, there'd be, like, something standing behind her. <laughs> Or if just out of the corner of their eyes or whatever. No. Sometimes it was uh, the devil pig. Sometimes it was a little girl smiling with red eyes. <gasps> Why are they bothered? I think they are pretty bothered. But this is all happening in 28 days. They only spent 28 days in this house. Oh, my God. And... They're pretty bothered, but also there are reasons why I think George Lutz remained in that house for as long as he did and went to that house. And I'll talk about that in a little bit later. But one time, like this was near the end, Kathy caught Missy trying to climb out on the roof. When she pulled her back in and asked why she was doing that, Missy was like, Jody said we could be friends forever if you just jump. No. Oh. Okay. So I know all of these things I'm like, oh, that's. Like all of these things are like typical scary horror movie things, so I'm like, oh, they are they're just faking this. This is all fake. But I think all of these things are typical scary horror movie things because of this event. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are based off of that. Yeah, a lot of like a lot of mm-hmm. things from the ex that happened in The Exorcist happened because of this event. Okay. Like like the flies that was inspired by this like because it became very sensationalized after they yeah. left. They like yeah. wrote a book and stuff. No, not that the the Lutz the Lutz parents did wrote a book and the exorcist like the priest with the flies part was like I mean not copied but like borrowed from borrowed from true events based on based on true events. You know, it's based on a true story, whatever. Uh-huh. Anyway. So, oh, they also <laughs> Apparently, there would be, like, this discolored, like, green, like, uh, like, liquidy, like, fucking stuff that would, like, slime. It was slime. (laughs) It was slime, but it, like, like, (laughs) 
George called it paranormal puke. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, Plasma. Plasma. Founded by the Bowhouse. That's the the technical term for it, actually. And green slime will ooze (laughs) from the wall. Exactly. Wait. No, they always do that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so, oh, George also found a secret room behind a wall in the basement that wasn't on the blueprints, and the room was empty and painted red. And the dog the refused room. to go in it. Like, just absolutely yeah. never not. Very that. Mm-hmm. All very of this very. is very that. Did you watch? I did. I finished Hill House, yeah. So good. <gasps> so good. It's so like so the good. Red Room from Hell House. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of this is that. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Honestly. This came out before that. <laughs> in real life before that. This is a pretty Netflix series. Listen, this is very a ridge. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so everyone had these weird murder dreams. And by everyone, I mean like Kathy and Danny. And we already know Kathy's. But Danny started to have a recurring dream that apparently continues to this day. He's had like, it's pretty much the only dream he has where he's watching the dog try to kill himself. Oh, uh, uh, well, yeah. But sometimes the roles are reversed and it's like the dog watching <laughs> him try to kill himself. Or the dog's killing him, oh or God. just like some variation, like the maybe- him, the dog, and death. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. The act of death. I didn't mean to laugh. By the <laughs> way, I want to disclaim that. So this, the malevolent presence also like followed the kids out when they would like leave for school and stuff. Huh. Like um, Danny remembers, like he would play hooky and just like play with his friends in the neighborhood, and he would always sense something like watching him or like he could feel like it followed him or whatever well it follows so yeah well anyway so this is that all happened in about two weeks now it's like christmas christmas leaves they take the christmas decorations down and this should be and things get worse <laughs> so every morning they found cloven hoof prints oh, no. in the <laughs> snow here what <laughs> Santa's reindeer. Well, just two though. Like Santa's reindeer walk like humans. Well, one of Santa's <laughs> one of Santa's reindeer walking like humans walked from what looked they like ca- their back they door. Ca- <laughs> they carry Santa's sleigh with their top boots. Well, the direction <laughs> like it's a fucking coffin. The direction of the hooves were like it was as though so like whatever made them walked out of their back door and like out into, into the woods. Into the woods. Okay. Into the woods. That also happened like every fresh snow, like every day. Uh, oh. So they, were, they would just okay. wake up and there would be new ones. More, more hoofs. More hoofs. More. Um, Didn't they like set up surveillance cameras? It's like? 1975. No. Cameras existed. Yeah, but they weren't trying to do that. <laughs> They're wrong. Well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> About a lot of things, if we're being honest. I have opinions and thoughts. All right. Well, you're entitled to them. They should call me instead of the Warrens when they have fucking haunting. <laughs> you weren't born. Oh, valid. None of us were. Anyway, so... My spirit was here. <laughs> <laughs> they started to notice this crazy foul stench move through the house. It was like... <laughs> Really terrible <laughs> sewage mixed with rotting meat. That was just dominant. That's just like beef. Um, 
<laughs> smell like beef. They said that there was a crucifix on the wall that like would slowly turn itself upside down. That's definitely amazing. It. And then you get closer and it'd be like the smell would be coming from that. <laughs> Ugh. It's definitely you, Dominic. A meaty crucifix. Uh, <laughs> sewage too don't forget that (laughs) so like in that smell was so bad they would like have to like open up all the windows and even though it was winter and it was like sorry jeff you or uh george (laughs) fuck you george (laughs) fuck you george this really sucks we don't want to smell this and he's like yeah no i me too the fuck so they like open they would like open up all the windows to air the house out but a lot of windows would be like stuck for no reason well you know they would just be stuck windows get stuck but whatever or frozen but I, I assumed that it was like it alternated, like a window that worked one day would just be stuck another day. But uh, it was one of these times when the smell was all over and it was really bad. And they're like, okay, we need to open all the windows. So they're like going around opening the windows. Danny goes upstairs to the playroom and like to open one of the windows there that was stuck. And he like wrestled with it and finally was able to throw it open and like, you know, like puts his hands on the windowsill and like breathes in the fresh air or whatever, you know, as one does when your house smells like shit meat. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to not smell that. Um, So his brother's like, Hey, you got the window. And he like turns to be like, yeah, I got it. And the window slams down on his hands that are in the windowsill. Like, crushing his fingers hardcore as fuck like skin to skin like just fucking them up and he's screaming and his brother runs to get his mom and like george and his mom and george's friend george's friend who's there too like they all run up and like all four of them are like desperately trying to get this window up because it's still stuck and they can't get it up and like they it wasn't until they like stopped actively trying to open the window that it just like opened by itself that's horrifying right so then kathy's freaking out she's like bustling around get like trying to get danny downstairs to the kitchen so they can like get some ice and like call the fucking police or or the ambulance (laughs) the ambulance the the hospital i don't know 911 can you send the police officers my window shut really hard and i can't open it (laughs) (laughs) well i think it's more like no, I, I know. My fingers. Ouch. <laughs> anyway, so he's sitting at the kitchen table, like while his mom's like freaking out. And he's got his hands on the, his arms on the his forearms resting on the like table, and his hands are hanging off of the table, like not touching the table, just kind of like off uh-huh. in the space. And when he sits down, he notices like right in the doorway he can see like a fully formed like apparition. <gasps> Jesus. And like this was I'm it sure it spirit. wasn't Jesus. <laughs> this shadowy being, this spirit. Jesus I'm, Christ. I don't know why I'm talking like this. It walks over to like the kitchen table where he's sitting, walks through his outstretched hands, and then sits down at the seat next to him. And like he remembers seeing like the pad of the seat depress as someone sat on it. And when he looks back at his hands, they are totally fixed. No. It was Jesus. Completely just <laughs> unwounded, with the exception of his left pinky, which still has this like hook in it. Oh. Like a little crook. Oh. It's a crook. Crook, crook. Not like a, a metal hook in his finger. <laughs> no. Like his his just... finger is on a curve. I know it, what you mean. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I hate it. Yep. So the next big thing he remembers happening after that was one night he was like stomping up the stairs after getting this like huge argument with George and his mom was like following behind him trying to like damage control the fight. Suddenly he, an invisible force, throws him up the stairs. (laughs) 
Not, Thanks. Not down it the was stairs. a little lift. Up the stairs. <laughs> like by his, like as though something grabbed his ankle and just like yanked him all the oh. way up the stairs. So like feet first. Yeah, feet first. Sexy. Right? So like he lands and his mom like runs up after him. And what he remembers next, he describes as basically like he was possessed. He felt some the rush of something going into him. He felt his losing control of his body. He saw his mother like trying to gain his attention. And he remembers seeing her, but he also remembers not recognizing her as his mother. Wow. Like not knowing who she was. Then feels it quickly kind of whoosh out of him and he like started to gain control again. And he felt it because like right when she had touched him physically, like made contact with him, she, he felt it like go into her. And then he saw her like sort of, she like get still and like her eyes glass over and was like, that's what I probably looked like a second ago. And then it like left her just as quickly as. Wow. It's like a parasite. Fuck like a demon parasite that lives in the house I, I tell you anyway so after this we come to the 28th night of them living in the house uh-huh. uh, which as you know is the last night we don't have all the details of everything that happened because they not like everyone had things happen and not everyone like talked about it. Like we don't really know what Missy went through that night. Um, We don't really know everything that happened to both of the boys or everyone or whatever, but this is what, what they did tell us. This was the night that caused them to run out of their house with just the clothes on their, off their back. And they're all like pretty crazy traumatized about it. Anyway. So it started with the two boys. They shared a room and they woke up because their beds were levitating with them in it oh. and they were slamming into one another like and that was a new each, thing that was had not happened before bumper beds um bumper <laughs> beds also it, like when they had moved in they noticed that they couldn't move those bed frames because they had like fully sunken in and like like just were like like in the wood like in the, the wood okay. yes like too heavy like not coming out like they couldn't get it out they couldn't move those beds and now they're like slamming into each other and floating off the ground yep and floating off the ground of gals but uh <laughs> of gals so they're both screaming for their mom <laughs> cut to their parents room george is awakened by the boys screams but he tries to get out of bed and he can't oh uh, he's like stuck in place as though something's holding him down he can't even sit up uh, he can move his arms though and he like looks over at kathy and finds that Kathy is having the opposite problem. She is levitating above the <laughs> Like rising higher and higher. So he's able to grab her to keep her from going from even higher. This is the point when he notices that she looks like she's aged like 50 years. She looks 90. That's she looks horrifying. Like cr- she looks like a crone. Well, that was just George being an asshole. <laughs> her fucking night cream for one night. <laughs> And apparently it took over an hour for that to fade away and like go back to normal. So like eventually he like, and it also took an hour for him to be able to like get up anyway. So they like, like the, the bed stopped doing what they're doing. And like the whole family's like, like what the fuck we have to get out of here. And so George is like, well, I'll call the priest first. And like, but the phone is like just static. They can't get anything off the phone. They have another phone, but it's in the basement and it's like his office phone. And like that one is working. So he like, like, 
when he goes down to check it and he calls the priest. He's able to get through to the priest and he's like, Oh, this shit is happening. And he tells him what happens. And the priest is like, if that's all true, why are you still there? Valid. <laughs> like, and they're, I guess they're like, uh, what? Well, you're right though and they literally just take their kids get in their car like in their pajamas and just book and they literally never go back wow they go to her mom's house and then quickly after that they leave the state and i think they go to like california or something they go like literally across the country and like later they are approached by a like i don't know channel two or something and for like to get the exclusive because like the reporter who's going to do it promised to be tasteful and like to leave their kids out of it and tell their story and stuff. And so they gave them the exclusive. They also wrote a book later, but George Lutz actually was found like later, like it came out that he was like into the occult and like was into like ritual and stuff. He was living for all of this. And yeah. And uh, he did a lot of research into the murders and into the house. He like knew what they were getting into and was very like, yeah. And like, possibly he was like trying to, you know, communicate with something or at the very least was like willing and like, because whatever like hat, like whatever affected that house, like followed them. Wow. Yeah. Like where, like where they went and like, it's like not as it hasn't, it's like sort of faded now, but like it hasn't happened to anyone else who's lived in that house. Like convenient. Right. (laughs) They actually took in like a, they hired a bunch of paranormal investigators, a bunch of different paranormal experts, including the um, the Warrens. Who? Ed and Lorraine <laughs> Warren. You know, those, those people. <laughs> those fucking people. And Lorraine went in there and was like, oh my God. <laughs> the only oh God. person who's felt anything. She's like, I cannot go in that playroom. There are literally millions of shadow people. I cannot... <laughs> Oh my! It's dark sided. It's dark sided. This is as close to hell as I've ever felt. She's gonna be the one who sues us. (laughs) Honestly, that. Oh my god, you're right. You're right, though. She just materializes it at thin air. Oh my god. She was in the documentary. Pay for your decadence. That's crazy, though. She was in the documentary. Sexy. (laughs) What is that? Why am I saying that? This episode. I don't know. Um, Why has that started? The only <laughs> no one saw any like no one but Lorraine saw any ghosts because uh, a bunch of skeptics went too. Um, the only thing like crazy that happened was there's this one guy who was like a cameraman who was like a war vet or something and like described as like tough tough as nails and like seen some shit and like he just like suddenly when he went into one of the rooms just like had this like intense panic attack for no like foreseeable reason and like was having heart palpitations and like had to leave except that he had ptsd well well yeah he probably had ptsd wow i can't do that either um but he said he couldn't account for what set it off he's like he didn't know i'm being the skeptic i'm sorry also got no it's it's needed here okay because like first of all Danny, when he's telling his story, he is super defensive. Sure. Because people have been picking his story apart his entire life, which is like, so anytime anyone asks him a question, he gets mad and he gets loud. I would not want to have a conversation with him. Well, you know, um, men and, who lie just get loud to defend it. Yeah. Well, 
Anyway, but uh, they also got a picture that night with all the experts and stuff, mm. which we'll put on our Instagram, but it's really fucking crazy. It's of like a little boy who looks just like, oh yeah, well, looks like just like one of the DeFeo boys. And there was like 20 people there at that house. Last In night. the sweater. They, they all vouched. No, you can just see his like half his face. In the um, hallway. Yeah. On the stairs. You've probably the hallway, seen the picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, I don't feel it. You <laughs> non-believers, like <laughs> I am a believer, you but I am not a believer in this story. In I the don't Amityville? buy. You think it's fake news? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, they didn't make any money off it. Actually, though, they tried, but they just didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they got like very. Their story little. wasn't good enough until <laughs> yeah. they adapted it and made it like a horror flick. Yeah. You know. The movie stayed true to this. The first movie, the 70s movie, stayed pretty true to this. Well, there was apparently a lot in the 70s movie that didn't happen. Like, when the kids, like, watch that movie, they're like, this Hmm. is bullshit. This didn't happen. This didn't happen. The demon pig was there. Well, that, like, the youngest kid doesn't believe that that happened. The demon pig? Yeah, because he didn't see it. Just that part? Yeah, he didn't didn't see it. I was watching an interview where, like, Chris, not Danny, Mm because they're estranged. Um, and Chris is like, a lot of that didn't happen. And he's like, you didn't see it. I saw it. Like, And Chris didn't see a lot of the things Danny saw. This is just like Hill House. This is literally. It's literally just like Hill House. Um, but yeah, so that was Amityville. Um, thanks for hating it. God. No, I don't hate it. I liked it. It was good. <laughs> and that means I can still do the murder of the DeFeo family because you technically didn't cover it. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> I did that on purpose. Sexy. Fuck. I try to do that when I do something that's like both. I try to not do the one that I'm not doing, so right. it's still an option. And I'll cover three things in one topic because I don't care. <laughs> Can you believe this shit? No! no. Can- <laughs> Literally, no. Yeah, I don't buy it. <laughs> I Thank you for I the think story, some though. Some things of some things might have happened, but like, I think the actual murder of the family is fucking weird. No. I think the, yeah, the DeFeo, like the original, like OG story, bizarre. Yeah. I think that the new daddy was like, ooh, 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 ooh and <laughs> sniffed a little money opportunity and moved his family into a, ho- into a house. Mm-hmm. And bare minimum, I guess at the worst, he moved his family into like a hella haunted house and did not care. And at the other side, he just like moved them all in there and then made all of his kids lie about it for their whole lives. Well, they all hated him. They wouldn't have done it for him. Maybe. That fits the story. Maybe they lied about it once and then they couldn't lie, like, you, yep. take it back. Yeah, maybe. Or he used the murders as an opportunity to perform his cult rituals. Maybe he made the Pull demons room. out of from the, under, from from the, the underworld. Mm-hmm. Specifically. From the red room. So he did it, you think? Um, Probably. If this, if this did happen, he invoked the spirit it's hard to say man it's just a theory fair <laughs> maybe he just like went playing where he shouldn't went playing and like kind of rustled make made some ripples and something that was already there and just rustled huh. it up perchance like, who knows <laughs> possibly okay so what do you got for us dominic <laughs> uh i have a travesty okay oh, no. so it's November 1961. It's November right now. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's kind of a meal. A Wisconsin family, the Duperos, charted a boat for a trip from Fort Lauderdale to the Bahamas. 
wife, Jean, and husband, Fuck. Arthur Dupereau. A prominent optometrist hired uh, Julian Harvey, who was a former Air Force fighter pilot and an experienced sailor, to captain a sailboat called the Blue Bell. So, we're going on a family vacation. I'm living for the fact that Zoe 100% knows exactly oh, what yeah. the story is mm-hmm. and is living for it. And Lydia's just waiting. Just in. Lydia's just like, in. where is this going? <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Also... <laughs> Thank you for pronouncing their last name as I told you it was. I knew it was Dupereau. I just want to say Duperalts. It's funny. Duperault? Whatever. See, I knew what you were doing, but I would never pronounce it that way. Duperalts? I read it. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. What? Duperalts? Of course. Of course. So, Harvey's. You know, the um, Julian Harvey, Julian's uh, sixth wife of three months. Sixth. Six are the equations in the air. One the, through five. Uh, yeah, that's my question. Where's one through five? Are they alive? Yeah. When I find out I'm your sixth wife, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need names. I need phone numbers. I need to join a support crew. <laughs> I need to have interviews with these women. What if you actually have to defeat them like Scott Pilgrim? Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, I guess it depends on the how, like, if I like the person. Sure, fair. You know what I mean? Oh, Sam, I would fight your evil exes. (laughs) (laughs) I would fight a lot of your friends. (laughs) I watched that movie. I watched that movie so much. Oh my god! Oh my god! What was that girl's name? Katie. Katie Ah. something. Ah, Who's Katie? She'd be the most evil one! (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have some research to do. Uh, I'm so tempted to say her last name, but I won't. How fucking dare you? I forgot about her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Andrea's gonna hear this and she's gonna laugh her ass off. So, Harvey. Julian Harvey, his sixth wife of three months. Mary Dean Jordan. Dene? Dean. D-E-N-E? Dean? Dene. Dene. Shouldn't there be two E's? Uh, yeah, there should be. It's actually Deeny. Um, Mary Deeny Jordan. You're going to hate this answer. Dene. Dene is, with one E, is fine for a man. Two E's signifies... Oh, man. Well, first well, of all, fuck the gender binary. <laughs> also, her name is Mary. I know. So, D E N E? I know, like, a Dene. T E N E? Yeah. So, to be Dene. Is, is there an accent? No. Oh. So, Mary Jordan <laughs> acted as a cook and crew for the, like, for the expedition. And the Dupereau three children, 14 year old Brian, 11 year old Terry Joe, and 7 year old Renee, also accompanied uh, the family. By, like, all accounts, the trip was going swimmingly. Oh, did they go swimming? It's on a boat. Oh, <laughs> you know. I got it. Okay. But did they swim, though? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Not yet? Probably not. Was it cold or warm? It was, like, November. Oh, so, so they were in Florida. But it's still pretty probably not. And then they're going to the Bahamas. It's so like, the ocean. It's, like, open water. It's cold at night. Okay. Why are you mad at me? <laughs> no, I'm not. 
I'm just, I have an answer. <laughs> and I hate that. I hate the ocean. It scares me. Same. I'm, I'm mad drowned. at the ocean. <laughs> I almost drowned in the ocean once. Oh my God. No, yeah, whatever. I was at Venice Beach. They had garlic fries. They were really good. Oh, I did it also. Was it a riptide? I don't remember. The thing where you get pulled out? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Under no under ho. Rip, riptide was correct. Riptide is correct. Wagon wheel. So it was going st- nice, great, uh, and there was like little friction between the two families throughout the first five days of the journey. On the fifth night of the cruise, however, uh, Terry Joe, the eleven-year-old, was awoken by screaming and stomping nice. on the deck above. So she goes upstairs to see what what's up, what's up, and she sees her mother and brother lying on the floor in a pool of blood. It's uh, not ideal. Ideal to see, ever. I mean, so story makes me panicky. She then looks me up too, and sees apparently Julian walking towards her, just to stomp in, and she's like, "What happened?" And he uh, slaps her in the face. That's her dad, right? No, that's the the captain, the ship oh, captain. Oh, okay. And um, he tells her to go back down to the cabin where she was. So she does, and she sits there and just like waits. But before long, she realizes that water is flooding into the room the that fuck? she's in. So she has to go back upstairs to the deck. And then Julian is like, "The ship is sinking." If you didn't, if you didn't know. She like lays in her bed, yeah. facing the ceiling until the water fucking reaches to where she cannot lay in her bed anymore. And she's like, well, I have gotta to go. leave now. That is, I'm my heart. <laughs> I feel, I literally like feel, I feel claustrophobic for her. So uh, for reasons unknown, Julian hands her the rope to the dinghy, which he's holding on, which is the only way out of this place. But it held the lifeless body of her sister, Renee. So in shock, she lets go of the rope and it falls into the water. Oh my God. I don't think I knew that part. Yeah. Um, and oh, oh my God. So Julian dives in after it. And now she's on a sinking boat with her whole family dead in the middle of an ocean at 11 years old. And he's just gone. And he has jumped out for the dinghy. He, he, he got to yeah, go. He got go, to go. And Terry Joe never saw him again. So, she did remember there was a cork float on the ship, which is like two by five feet, super small. And she untied it, climbed aboard as the bluebell sank beneath her. So she was like on it until it sank beneath her, oh. and then she just like waited in the raft. Oh. Yeah, uh. I don't like it. She floated on the cork float for hours, and then days. And uh, over the time, the material began to disintegrate, and then she was forced to dangle her legs over the side, so she wasn't even, like... I'm sorry, I feel like you just glossed past the fact that this... How old is she? 11? 11. 11-year-old girl was stuck on a 2 by 5 raft uh-huh. for how long? Hours? Days? Days! And then it starts to, you know, disintegrate into the ocean mm-hmm. beneath her, and she has to, like, just dangle her legs over and kind of... yeah. It's not a good time. None of this is fun. No. I hate this. And in this position, her legs and feet were exposed to, like, parrotfish, and they were, like, no. And yeah, okay. Um, Lydia specifically hates that. <laughs> that detail was bad news. No. She was hungry, dehydrated. She began having hallucinations. 
but like suddenly she found herself surrounded by mysterious shapes, and it was a pod of purpose porpoises porpoises. Well, dolphin friends that remained close by her for several hours. And she felt comforted by their presence and said a prayer of thanks. This is not clear whether or not this is a hallucination or not, or whether or not she actually saw this. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe she saw dolphins, sure. and then they stayed with her for hours while she like felt comforted. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they would have stayed with her. You think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They got they that mammal yeah. bond. They're Mam- like mammal bond. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, uh, a person thing. This thing's like me, sort of. And it won't kill me. It hasn't killed me. I could kill it. We could kill it pretty good if we wanted to. We could kill sharks. We're tough. Okay. That's what they said. That's what they all said. They got out of the water and they looked at her and they said, we can kill sharks. We're tough. And then they stayed with her for hours. How's that for a different spin on things? (laughs) We'll protect you. The murderous... uh, Mammal bros. Mammal bros. So, Julian Harvey most likely killed his... (laughs) No, no, no. Sorry, the windows were both open and I was shocked and confused. I'm sorry. Zoe made a funny face. I was not (laughs) laughing at what Dominic said. Zoe made a really funny face. I'm sorry. So, like we go to sixth sixth wife to collect on her um, $20,000 double indemnity insurance policy. But unfortunately, it's speculated that Terry Joe's father witnessed him killing her and then killed the doctor. And then killed the rest of the family. Jesus. But it's unknown why he left Terry Joel. Well, I guess he was just going to well, let her drown. He was probably going to kill her. Well, he like gave her the, the thing to hold onto the dinghy. He you know? needed someone to hold on to it, and she was there. Fair. He hadn't killed her yet. Fair. She was also 11, and she hadn't witnessed anything at this point, really. So maybe he was like, I can put her on the boat and keep her with me. He killed the seven-year-old. Yeah, but the seven-year-old... Was why, there? Why did he the keep seven-year-old her was there body with the mom? Why did yeah. he keep her sister's body on the dinghy? You'll see. No, I don't want to see. <laughs> Damn it! So after he sank the boat, escaped. He was gonna say that he found Renee's body floating in the water and tried to revive her, but couldn't. So just like proof, like oh my god, look at this travesty that has happened. I managed it's to try so to save good. this little girl. That's all that's left of it. But, you know, didn't work. Um, but he was like, he was rescued. He made it. And they like, they got him up there. But on November 16, 1961, a sailor on a Greek freighter noticed a tiny speck on the water in the distance. When the ship pulled up to it, the sailors realized it was afloat. And they were shocked to discover it was supporting the nearly lifeless body of a girl. Is nobody going to... Is nobody gonna comment on like the? Oh, I was I was waiting for Dominic to finish the sentence to state that they had been this entire time acting out each word of that sentence. Oh, this is you. an audio I, podcast. I was watching it. It was really put together. <laughs> thank you. I was enjoying. Felt it. like rehearsed. It was. Maybe? It wasn't. It just <laughs> felt like it was just for us. And... Like blocked. <laughs> like you had blocked your. <laughs> That's why you weren't done. You hadn't added the blocking. <laughs> I enjoyed when, it. When the, um, when the uh, Greek ship, the Greek ship, the sailor of the Greek, anyway, Terry Joe's appearance was so startling that one sailor just snapped a photo. You ever see a lifeless girl 
floating in a raft in the middle of the ocean. You're like, gotta snap this. Me. Gotta gram it. Um, Sometimes I see videos on the internet and I'm like, your first thought was to pull out your iPhone? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? But the image soon appeared in publications around the world. It's a very famous photo. Life magazine. Life magazine. It was on the cover of Life magazine in 62? I don't know. I made that up. The um, freighter crew quickly lowered a makeshift raft to retrieve Terry Joe. But however, before they could get to her, sharks began circling <sighs> around her, perhaps drawn in by the movement. And it was some time before a crew member was able to actually no, hoist her all over. So, you know, just throw shit in her face constantly. Wait, did she get sharked? No, they they got her. They, 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 oh, they, they, yeah, the, the sailors had to watch as this little girl they found come up through the ocean was like swallowed a hole by sharks. That would be horrifying. Are you saying it's not something Dominic would say? She Fair. lives this whole time just, just to, to get, get to a boat. I'd have the boat watch her get eaten by sharks. That would I would be, write that in a movie. Like, I would do that. That would right? be terrible. That's why I was afraid, and I needed to make sure she didn't get that. No, that would be horrible. Did she get that even a little bit? No. Good. Yeah. So, as luck would have it, when the police received word of the rescue of Terry Joe, Julian was sitting at the police station giving his testimony on what happened. They put him on the phone to give information on the kind of flotation equipment aboard the Bluebell. And, like, he told him that they had, like, a, a dinghy and a raft and shit. And then, upon learning that Terry Joe was still alive, he was said to exclaim, Ain't that wonderful? <laughs> he then excused himself, fled to a Miami hotel. See ya. And the next morning, he was found dead due to suicide. <gasps> so, um... He did that thing. He said, wow, I love that she's alive. Give me just one minute. I got to go real quick. (laughs) Bye. Later, it was discovered that Harvey survived an accident which killed one of his previous wives and her mother 12 years ago when the car that they were in went off a bridge 15 feet into the water. The police and the diver who investigated the incident believe it was unlikely he could escape uninjured without being ready to leave the car at the exact moment. So he just, like, ran the car off the road and, like, jumped out. Wow. Fuck. But he was gone. So I forget. He hasn't killed, like, all six of his wives, but he apparently killed two. Or more than that, probably. He also... Two of his boats... A yacht and a powerboat sank under suspicious circumstances, resulting in large insurance settlements. So, just a history of shit. Had any cattle fraud? No, unfortunately. Damn. Not to my knowledge. Thought I'd check. (laughs) When Terry Jo was found, she was floating on a small white craft. Her hair was sun-bleached blonde, and she also wore a pale pink shirt. It was almost impossible to see her. But after her ordeal, the Coast Guard mandated that rescue equipment must be orange to increase visibility against the seawater. So she did that. You think they would have thought of that already? After like the Titanic? After like any time a boat went into the water and they were like, gotta find the boat, people. Maybe it, these things should be colored neon or like reflective, maybe. Right. That'd so be we great. Can find them, maybe. I don't know. Is reflective. it true that they're. Doing the Titanic again and taking the same route. Yep. <laughs> Titanic 2. So, same authentic experience. <laughs> <laughs> we melted all the icebergs, though. Fair. Fair. 
Ooh. Oh, God damn. They sink it anyway. Do you know what that God. means? That they means get to where it's supposed to sink and a man alive. gets out and like shimmies down a rope and just starts picking at the side of the <laughs> The bow with the pickaxe. Yeah. A hammer and chisel. It's real sad. Um, so Terry jumped. She grew up. She got married. She had six children of her own, five what? grandchildren. Um, and oddly enough, she dedicated her life to working with water. Um, she spent fourteen. Well, she was spent like eighty-six hours at sea. I would not want to be in water ever again. Or well, she's stronger than she's I am. She's got an affinity. Yeah, maybe she was like, now I got a connection with it. Fair. I am one with the water. And the I dolphins am the and water. Show, yeah. I am the air. She's a mermaid woman. <laughs> you don't know. She I could be. am. Anna. Um. So she spent 14 years as a water management specialist with the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. Okay, so I know that you said water management specialist, mm-hmm. but I, in the moment, heard water mage. Uh, <laughs> she spent 14 years as a waterbender. She's a water mage, waterbender. With the Department water of Water and Jesus. In Wisconsin. Um, anyway. Like, they hired watched that show. <laughs> Read that book. And uh, in 2010, she also co-authored a book called Alone, Orphaned at City. Which is in C. my house currently. Oh, my God. Whoa, whoa. I didn't know that. Yeah. We will post the um, image of Terry Joe, the Fuck. the famous, infamous it's image wild. on the Instagrams. But that was the story of Terry Joe Dupereau and the murder of the Dupereau family. Damn. Jesus. Damn. Traumatizing experience for all parties involved. Yeah. Can you believe this shit? Fuck that fucker. I cannot believe this shit. That is wild news. Is everybody Freddy ready for what I have? What do you got? What do you got? We're going to go back the fucking time. Okay. Like, think about how far you think we're going to go back in time and then add like 200 years onto that. Oh, oh. wow. Okay. Like the 1500s in Rome. Oh, damn. <laughs> Shit. Like 1577. Okay. Beatrice Cenci. <laughs> it's Italian. C-E-N-C-I. I looked up how to say it. And that was it. It just sounds stupid. She was born into like a royal family, kind of. Like Italian as fuck. Like aristocratic. Sexy. As fuck. Her mother died when she was young, Not and sexy. her father was heir to a huge fortune. His father was the Pope's treasurer, and the Pope was, like, in fucking charge. Okay. Like, he was, like, the law was under the Pope. Like, he made decisions on, like, who to prosecute. And, like, As all treasurer, f- do you get some of that treasury? Uh, Thanks, yeah, I mean, you were, yes, you Just were like- rich. You were being taken care of. Gotcha. So her father ran... Chesco was a huge monster. You're going to say Fran Drescher. <laughs> Her father, Fran Drescher. <laughs> oh, I no, wish. let's not slander her name. Um, <laughs> so him being a huge dick is like a huge understatement. Uh, he's a raging criminal, and he should have been locked up. Sure. But because of his status and all of the money he has, he was always able to, like, wig a lot of little charges. I say little, but, like, he escaped charges that held the death penalty. Oh. <laughs> like sodomy. Sure. A death penalty case. And apparently lesser charges that weren't taken as seriously, like sexual assault and domestic abuse. Less, um, not as seriously as sodomy. Yeah, no, they were really worried about the sodomy. But, like, 
as they, as they, they should, should be because he assaulted three little boys. Okay. Mm. Yep. And he had admitted to that. Like oh. he pled guilty. He was like, yeah, no, I did that. But like, I'll pay you off if you let me go. And they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like in the records that he was like, I'll pay off. Like I'll pay a fee. Like just loose me. And they were like, all right. Sweet. Gross. Um, Released. He was also just like a generally just bad dude. The courts had to like rule to force him to feed his slaves. He had slaves, first of all, but then he was just not, <laughs> then he was just not going to feed them. And they were like, you, ha- you gotta. And he was like, fine. Or they just die. I mean, yeah, I don't really know what the, pl- the long-term plan was there, mm-hmm. but uh, he was also rumored to have assaulted his own daughter. There's also like a bunch of financial crimes, but that's lesser to me <laughs> than all of the other things I've just less listed. So he just sucks. Uh, he continues to suck for a very long time, committing like horrible acts of violence Ugh. on his family. He remarries after the death of his first wife. They have a couple kids together. He's horribly abusive to her as well. Surprise. So 1598. Earlier that year, Francesco's family had become fed up with all of this abuse. His daughter, Beatrice, who was 21, tried to report her father. Uh, depending on like who you ask, it was either reported to the Pope's officials themselves, who probably just like called him up and they were like, Are you a rape in your daughter? <laughs> Of all the appropriate times, I'm wait, 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 wait. Of all the appropriate times to use an Italian accent, (laughs) you would think, why? I made made the Italian accent choice and the dialogue choice separately of each other, but they like came together. Choices. And and he was like, uh, fuck. So he um, probably like hung up. I mean, they didn't have phones. It was the 1500s. How'd he call? Yeah. So uh, they sent a horse or a pigeon. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever happens. Or he might have. She might have reported to her brother who lived out of the house. Either way, he either found the letter to the brother or the Pope told him. And so Francesco was like. Ooh, we got to go and like packed up the family and moved like just outside of the Pope's jurisdiction. Sure. <laughs> like across the street from where like the line stopped. Loopholes. You know, they moved to this castle and he like locks up his wife and his daughter. And for like weeks and weeks and months and months of being like trapped in this castle, unable to do anything, they decided they had enough. Beatrice and Lucretia, the, her, her mother, decide or her stepmother decided that they were going to kill francesco good so obviously the next step is to get as many people involved as possible (laughs) so they (laughs) they write a letter to beatrice's brother who lives out of the castle and he's like they're like can we kill dad and he's like yeah you can just just kill him here's some poison to kill him uh i'm not involved but like i'll help a little bit you gave him the poison you're involved sir yeah you just need some poison 
Right. So Here. Beatrice, outside of her brother and her mother, only had contact with the servants and the workers in the castle. And it was there where she met... I'm sorry, I'm looking at my notes, and I didn't put his last name. I just put Mamma Mia, that's the spicy meatball. Oh, no! <laughs> I couldn't remember his last name. That's so bad. Wait, I put it somewhere else. Let me find it. What's his first name? Olympia? Olympia. Ooh. Olympio, sorry. Olympio. Olympio. Mamma Mia. Calvetti. Okay. Mama Same Mia. thing. Oh. <laughs> He was um, <laughs> the governor of the castle. Sure. The governor of the castle. Of just just the castle? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or he was a servant, depending on who you ask. So maybe he was like the head of the servants of the castle or something. Like the head who, of the house. Yeah, that part. So he was Stay. banging Beatrice. Uh, Hot. Yeah, they were just like all up into uh, each other. Sorry, is she of, is she of age? Yeah, Hot. she's 21. Okay, great. Yeah, I also think he was cheating on his wife, though. I saw somewhere that he was married, but only in one spot. But it's she was down. Less hot. Maybe. Maybe she was into it. But anyway, uh, she told him of all the horrors that she had faced at the hands of her father, and he agreed to help murder him. Also involved was a man named Marzio Catalano. Well, you gotta have Marzio. (laughs) You need him. He was the second man or the third man i guess including the brother that beatrice and her family were able to convince to help join the murder plot okay (laughs) he was a tinkerer and a guitar teacher i don't know why they needed him yeah we're gonna need him (laughs) but he was involved so the first plan was to poison him with poison but he's an he's like a horribly abusive trash man paranoid dude Mm. so he wouldn't eat anything that they tried to feed him i don't know if he like thought they were gonna poison him or whatever but he wouldn't eat it so he they instead wait until he goes to sleep and they sneak into his house into his room okay. they get the mom to unlock the door and beatrice and her murder men like sneak on in there the men hold him down put a spike to his head Yikes. and hammer it into Ooh. like in four different spots nice and then they leave him to bleed out sure and then they go set about staging a suicide. So they go out to the balcony. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting choice. So they go to the balcony and they're like 15 meters up in the air and they like break off part of it and they lift his body out from the bed and they toss him over the side. Like he jumped off Metric or system. fell or they didn't really think this through because <laughs> they also leave the bloody mattress and the sheets and the pillow and they take the hammer, but like they leave everything yeah, that's else. That's not how you murder. No, it's not how you cover up a murder. Oh yes, that is how you murder. Yeah, they, they got they, that they, part they did right. That well, so they leave all the evidence. They throw his body over the side. Now imagine this scene: like we're at this rich and like well-known castle. The woman of the house comes screaming out of the door, like yelling for help, like, help, help, help. There's something horrible has happened. Something horrible has happened. A bunch of people are like pulled in to like come look. The medical examiner like shows up and was like so immediately suspicious. Uh, yeah. Because they had waited, like time had passed until they threw him off the side. So like his body was cold. Mm-hmm. He had clear hammer wounds on his head. And bloody sheets. 
before uh, he got thrown off. Like, he yeah. fell off the balcony. Yeah. Yeah, that's not how, that's not too exciting. <laughs> there was a servant woman who was there when they rinsed his body at like the autopsy place and got so excited to see the hammer holes in his head that she shoved her finger into the hole to be like, look, this wasn't. <laughs> Like, look, this wasn't caused by a fall. Excuse me. She was like, I've never seen this on a body before. Poking into the hole. Mm-hmm. Gonna, Multiple sources thought that was important enough to add. I'm going to puke. She needs to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> so the cops or the Pope the cops. cops or whoever Pope cops. show up and they're, they see all the blood on the bed uh, and they're like, why would you throw his body over the side if you're going to do like a half-assed job with the rest of the cover-up? Mm-hmm. Just leave him in bed. Say you don't know who did it. Like, you didn't do enough. Whatever. Or anything, really. Yeah, and they're gone. Like, those two, the the Guitar. two murder men, they're uh-huh. gone. Okay. So, somehow, like, the body is released, and I'm not, like, an expert on ancient Pope law. So, who knows how all of that works, but the family, like, speed buried him are you an expert in modern pope law no okay so they give his body back and they bury it real quick and the cops are like oh that's really suspicious too so they roll up in like their horse and chariot or whatever and arrest the whole family (laughs) they even drag in the 17 year old brother named bernardo who had literally nothing to do with anything and had just been shipped off to this castle by his abusive father once so they're all sentenced to death immediately for burying him quickly? For murder. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, like, the public public execution, like, brutal death. Like, death. Sexy. They the go fuck? and they get... Uh, the fuck? Sorry. Who knows how to pronounce Italian names? I can try. G. Mm-hmm. I. Mm-hmm. A. Mm-hmm. C. Mm-hmm. O. Mm-hmm. M. Mm-hmm. O. Giacomo. <laughs> yeah, so him. <laughs> he was the brother who had supplied the poison and agreed to the murder. They also went and they, they picked him up. Uh, so all these people might have gotten away with all of this if another similar murder of another Pope's friend had not occurred after their arrests <laughs> and it pressured the Pope cops to work even harder to make an example out of them. So the lawyers for the family agreed that Lucretia, the mother, should not have been found guilty because all she had tried to, all she had done was unlock the bedroom door. The defense for yeah. Beatrice was that she had been raped by her father, and so it was like self-defense. Fair. Uh, the brother's defense was that all he had done was like tried to avenge his sister's honor, and he wasn't even there, mm-hmm. which is valid. And the 17-year-old boy's defense was that he just didn't do it. And even if he had done it, he wasn't smart enough to have made that decision on his own. I just woke up, man. Yeah, literally, (laughs) like, what? (laughs) So they are all arrested anyway, whatever. The Pope orders that that they are all tortured until they confess. Did they not already confess? No. Oh, okay. Tortured until they confess to the murder. They're, like, stretched. (laughs) (laughs) Until they say they did it. There's only yeah. one thing, and it's the only way it'll stop. We're going to do this till you die. Unless you say you did it, then we'll string you up. So they find one of the men from the castle. They find Mar- Marzipan. <laughs> <laughs> Marzipan. Marzio. Uh. They find him, and they drag him in to be tortured as well. And he actually dies from the torture. Olympio dies on the run, having his head chopped off by a bounty hunter in the mountains. Sexy. So that was that. They either admitted that they did it or they didn't. 
and they were ordered to be executed. Either way, they're going to die. Either way, they're dead. Cool. That was pretty much the extent of the justice system. Public public execution was the best they had. How? So September 11th, 1599, Lucretia was beheaded. She fainted first as she walked up to die, and they kind of just, like, put her fainted body up on the thing and, like, chopped her head off with a sword. What is that? That's a, um, that's a good way to go. Beatrice kind of, like, walked up and, like, laid her head down was like, <laughs> let's go. They chopped her <laughs> off. Um, they actually laid her head out on the stoops of, like, the stairs, and young girls placed wreaths of flowers on her hair. So she was, like, romanticized to fuck by everyone during this whole, like, this was, like, I saw some, they called it modern-day OJ. Or modern day OJ. They called it like ancient Greece or ancient <laughs> Rome's OJ. <laughs> so um, imagine they switched. OJ was back then. <laughs> so um, let's contrast that with the death of Beatrice's brother. He was, quote, drawn through the streets on a cart, his flesh mutilated with heated pinchers, and his head smashed with a sledgehammer, his body quartered. <laughs> Um, so that's the murder of Francesco. That's quartered. <laughs> like cut into fours. Yikes. Yeah. God, so that was the murder of Fran Drescher by Queen Latifah and Junie B. Jones? Yeah. <laughs> Can you believe that shit? No, yes. So that was the murder of Francesco Cenci. Cenci. By his daughter Beatrice, his wife Lucretia, and Get some other tris. fucking Italian dudes. <laughs> and the Pope. And the Pope was there too. Which Pope? Fuck. John I don't know, John Paul something. Gutierrez. Um if yeah. guess. So like that's that's that. How fucking wild. Jesus. Took us back, I thought back, that back, was back again. Back, back, I went all the way back. back I went as back far back as I'm probably ever gonna go. Fair. And that I only had as much information as I did on this one is because this is like a legend. So who knows how accurate all of that is. I had never you know? heard of it. Me neither. Yeah. It's like a whole thing. Well, today we had um, Lydia. Oh, I had the Amityville Horror House. And I had the story of Terry Joe Dupereau. And the murder of Francesco Cenci. (laughs) Can you believe this shit? Is that English? Can you believe this Mm. shit? Good. Thank you. Can you you believe this shit? Thank you for emailing us. We got emails. We got emails. We got like three emails this week. We're going to read one this week and then we'll be like, maybe less from later. So we have an email from a fan. She says, hello, Lydia, Dominic, Zoe, and Sam. Hi. Zoe is spelled with no E. Yes. I was recently oh, looking yes. for a true crime conspiracy podcast that met my standards when I ran across your podcast on Google. Thank you, Google. Thanks, Google. Thanks. What did you Google? (laughs) Fair. Fair question. What did you Google? I am quickly catching up on all your episodes, and I am living for all of them. All your hilarious banter and side conversations make me feel like I am among friends. It makes the hour-long drive home from work at midnight a little less lonely and creepy. Get a better job. I get off at midnight, too. Quit hating on my friend. Fair. The fact that you are all just as obsessed with cryptids as I am makes it even better. I would love to meet up with you guys during Mothman Fest or CryptidCon for a picture in 2019 oh God, if you all thing? are planning on going. Oh my God, can we go? Can we go We're not an that? official podcast. Where is it? Well, can we go we in can general? Still go. It's Mothman Fest. Will it be in fucking 
fuck can we go to mothman <gasps> can we go Pleasant to mothman fest where is it i would lose my goddamn mind to go to mothman fest i, I will have request off of work right now oh my god i will fight, call my boss research i will fight fest. my boss my boss would give me oh my god do you know how excited my boss would be if i said i have to go to mothman fest <laughs> he would live for that i'm in love with this okay so we have plans. Okay. Uh, keep up the good work. I'm so glad I found your podcast. Paige. Hi, Paige. Thanks for emailing us, Paige. See you there. We'll definitely be there. Oh, my God. Fuck. Don't yes. make any commitments. Well, we are I mean, excited at the prospect of going to Mothman <laughs> Fest. We may go. <laughs> we also started this podcast talking about all the projects we start and get excited about and never finish. So please take that into consideration. <laughs> As always, you can email us at candybeliefpod at gmail.com. That's candybeliefpod at gmail.com. Yeah. You can also find us at any social medias at CYBS Pod, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twatter. 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 You can find us. Find us. And we'll talk to you. We'll, we'll, be we'll, there. we'll do it. We'll be there. As always, Mothman's out there. Mothman loves you. Mothman, he's, he's hey, he has a fest. <laughs> I'm done. Okay, well, just don't sue us also. (laughs) Oh, bye.